Welcome to this episode on the Health and Happiness Show, where it's my mission to change your mindset so that you can live a healthy and happier life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Ollie here, and welcome back to another episode on the Health and Happiness Show. Today, we're talking about confidence and how you can bulletproof yours. Now, the reason why I'm so passionate about confidence as a subject is because if you're to look at what bridges the gap between having a goal and achieving that, yes, it's taking action, but the catalyst to taking that action comes from having the confidence to do so in the first place. So that's what we're gonna dive deep into today. First of all, I want to remind you that for the next limited time, you can get full access, free access to my seven day mindset course. The link is in the show notes. Take advantage of it. Whilst it's free, you'd be silly not to. But anyway, for now, let's get stuck into the episode and let's start with asking the question, why is it that we lack confidence in the first place? Now, I was actually asking this question to some of my academy students during our recent personal development call, and some of the answers included the fear of failure, the fear of embarrassment, the fear of shame, letting people down, rejection, judgment, right? And these are all legitimate reasons as to why we don't want to take action and as to why we lack confidence in doing so. But that isn't the real reason why we lack confidence to take action in the first place, right? In fact, it actually comes down to one word. And I actually did this, uh, I asked this question in the group and no one could get the answer. It's one word and it's one word which is holding you back and which is literally sabotaging your ability to be and feel more confident. Do you know what it is? Well, let me tell you. That answer is status. Now, I'm not about writing a Facebook status, no, no, no. What I'm about is status and how everything you do and everything you don't do comes down to revolving around boosting and protecting that status, right? Let me say that again because it's so powerful. Everything that you do and everything you don't do comes around you protecting and or boosting your confidence, right? And the power of status is that it is the subconscious driver behind every decision that you make. So so let's just go back a step, right? On average, we get between 50 to 60,000 thoughts every single day. Around 35,000 of those form as decisions, right? Then the majority of those are coming from around 70% subconscious decisions. And that the subconscious driver behind those decisions are status, right? Everything you do and everything you don't do revolves around protecting and boosting your status. So let's go through a few examples, right? So I suppose give me some context, really. I am the biggest introvert you can meet. Like, yes, I'm confident on social media. Yes, I'm confident as a coach in the gym but that doesn't mean I'm confident everywhere. And in fact, I would argue that every single one of us has environments where we thrive in and there's other environments where we (laughs) merely survive in, right? I'm gonna give an example. So for example, right? Um, I would thrive in the gym. It's been my playground for the last 10 years, right? And, and, And you know, other than the occasional when I first walk into a new gym, it can always be a little bit overwhelming, a little bit daunting, right? But maybe that dauntment 
that daunting feeling is actually excitement for, oh my God, like we've got all of these toys to play with, right? But anyway, an environment where I am particularly self-conscious about or self-conscious in and lack confidence would be a social event, right? Networking meetings are my worst nightmare, right? Even social gatherings in large groups, I feel quite uncomfortable with. Why? Because my personality type is an introvert. And obviously the difference between introverts and extroverts are extroverts are more outgoing and they're more team oriented. Like going back to my PE days at school, oh, like the thought, like when we're getting picked for the football team, I was like, oh God, kill me now, kill me now, kill me now, right? It was my worst nightmare. That is being an introvert. Now, being an introvert isn't all bad. Um, the majority of introverts are actually more internally driven um, and, and tend to actually have a higher purpose, by the way, uh, based on the research. But but anyway, my point is, like, first and foremost, I am not Mr. Confident, right? I have confidence in certain areas and I thrive on those areas, but equally I am addressing the areas that I do lack confidence in because that's how we can improve. Yes, we need to build on our strengths, but we also need to work on our weaknesses. But anyway, let's go back to a few examples, right? So. When you ask the question of like, like a, right, so we're all attracted to people, right? That's just part of human nature. And, and if you're to look at what holds you back from asking that girl or guy out on a date, right? Right, so, so let's say I'm in the bar. <laughs> I am not, and I repeat, I am not just gonna rock up to, to the, the bird in the bar and uh, go, um, hey, my name's Ollie, can I get you a drink? It's just not gonna happen, okay? Um, categorically, no. Equally, even on dating apps, oh God, <laughs> trying to get a conversation out with someone, let alone one that actually flows. Um, yeah, let's just not even go there. But anyway, what is holding you back from asking that girl or guy out on a date? Your answer would probably revolve around, well, I don't want to get rejected, right? I don't want the embarrassment I'm saying, yeah, no thanks. And, and I'm saying this as someone who's been there many a time with many rejection. Yeah, it, it, it never gets easier. Um, but anyway, um, what is that? What's holding you back? Yes, there's an element of fear of rejection and yes, there's an element of embarrassing, but actually it's that fear of you lowering your status. No one wants to get rejected, no one wants to feel embarrassed, but no one wants to have their status lowered. Imagine walking up to someone in the bar and you say, can I get you a drink? And they say, no. Instantly, you're gonna feel embarrassment and, and humiliation and rejection, but also your status is gonna be lowered as a result. Let's take the gym for another example, right? Yes, so, so like as someone who's worked in gyms for over 10 years now, I've seen and heard it all, right? Like I've literally had clients come in shaking like a leaf because they've been so petrified about joining this, this absolute uh, horrendous minefield of the gym right? You know, they've, they've worried about being the fat one there. They've worried about being too unfit to join the gym. Don't even get me started on that one, right? They've worried about doing something wrong, looking silly, embarrassing themselves, right? And, 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 and don't get me wrong, the gym's a complex place. You need to, you know, safety and, and efficiency is really, really important, right? Now, aside from obviously looking silly, pretty much unless you rock up to the gym in your pajamas, I wouldn't worry too much, right? Number one, rule number one, everyone in the gym, is focused and only focuses on themselves, no one else. Trust me, as someone who's worked in gyms now for 10 years, people are not looking at you, 
people are looking at themselves in the mirror. But anyway, why do all these emotions and fears hold us back from, home, from going to the gym and from joining the gym? Status, right? If we embarrass ourselves, if we make a mistake, if we, forgot to, if we forget to put our clothes on, our gym wear on, and rock up to the gym in pajamas, the real fear is lowering our status, right? That's the reality of it. Let's put a spin on this. Why did you go to university? Now, I'm speaking to someone who hasn't been to university, but why did you maybe go to university? Okay, yeah, maybe it was to attain your degree and, and maybe it was to actually pursue the career that you've always wanted to, most probably. Maybe even it was to please your parents, right? With some, some you know, parent pressure. But really, you went to university to increase your status, to increase your status, right? Let's go for another example. Why did you go for that job promotion? Okay, yeah, to earn a higher income, that's always nice. Yeah, to maybe take on more responsibility, 100%. And maybe to have a higher impact, I don't doubt it. But also, to increase your status, right? <laughs> this is the funny thing. Okay, one more example, because I do like these examples, right? Why did you decide to die down and get in the best shape of your life, right? Yeah, maybe you wanted a six pack, and yeah, maybe you wanted just to feel good in your own skin, but also to increase your status, right? You can get the idea here. Everything you do and everything we don't do comes down to increasing or decreasing our status at a subconscious level. One more example, because this is important, right? Why do you follow every single person that you do on social media and why are you attracted to every single celebrity that, 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 you, that you feel attracted to, right? Because doing so, following them, liking them, all of this, it comes down to you feeling that your status has increased, right? Like, why do I wanna be best friends of Tom Hanks? Not because he just played in Toy Story, but because <laughs> in doing so, he will increase my status, right? Everything you do and everything you don't do comes down to your status. So what does that mean? And how does that relate to building and bulletproofing our confidence? What it means is that in order to do so, you need to leave your ego at the door, right? Because after all, if every decision that you're making, conscious or subconscious, is revolving around increasing or decreasing your status, then actually that's coming from a place of ego, right? So in order to bulletproof your confidence, you need to leave that at the door. Because after all, if there's no status involved, then there's no fear, right? Now look, I wanna show you a quote, and this actually was only introduced to me uh, last week, and it was so powerful that I want to share it with you now. And it's this, so write this one down. He who has a strong enough why can overcome any how. Let me say that again. He who has a strong enough why can overcome any how. What that very much means is, if you have a strong enough why, i.e. your purpose, then you can overcome any how, i.e. your lack of confidence, and that starts with leaving your ego at the door, i.e. your status. So here's what I'm getting at with that, with that quote there, right? If your goal, and I mean this now, if your goal is truly, sincerely, mean enough to you, and you are willing to do whatever it takes to achieve them, 
then leave your ego at the door and you will not even use confidence as an excuse to not achieve them, right? If getting in the best shape of your life, dieting down, losing 100 pounds, means enough to you as part of your why, as part of your purpose, then you'll do it, right? Even if that means walking into the most intimidating environment of the gym, you'll do it, right? If, if finding love in a partner means that much to you, then you'll, you'll message 100 plus people and start those conversations and meet those people and go on a ridiculous amount of coffee dates, so much so that you never sleep because you've got that much coffee in you, caffeine in you, right? Like, legit. When your why is strong enough, you can overcome anyhow. That's powerful. That's one to write down. So, we've, we've sort of dissected why it is that, that we lack confidence in the first place, status, and obviously, what we now need to do to, to, to move away from that, leave your ego at the door. Now, let's actually learn how to bulletproof your confidence. And I've, I've put these into five points. So five ways to bulletproof your confidence. Number one, and, and I suggest you write these down as well, guys. Familiarity, right? I wanna share with you a story, a real life story, okay, of when I learned to swim at the wonderful age of 18 years old. So for 18 years prior, my fear of water held me back from learning to swim. The thought of water petrified me. Every year when it was swimming term in school, I just so happened to be ill every week of that eight week term, <laughs> right? <laughs> it absolutely scared me. But obviously as I went into my teenage years and all of my friends were you know, surfing, Brandon and I lived in Cornwall at this point and the Cornish reside their life on the beach. My friends are surfing, swimming, paddle boarding, like, I felt a part of me missing. I was like, Ollie, I need to get on top of this fear. I need to overcome my fear of water. And the only way that I was gonna do that was by learning to swim. So, so one year, I think, I can't remember what, what, what date it was, but obviously I was 18 at the time. And it was January, I was like, right, my New Year's resolution is gonna be, I'm gonna learn how to swim. I'm gonna finally tackle this fear head on and I'm gonna throw myself in the deep end. Pun intended, please. Please tell me you just, you, you laughed a little bit at that. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. Okay, anyway. So what did I do? I was like, right, that's my goal. That's my New Year's resolution. April comes round and I still hadn't taken action. So I was like, right, I need to do this. I finally got round to booking my first swim lesson. I remember the drive that day to the swim lesson and I thought of every possible excuse. How can I get out of this? Oh, God, I felt sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat all day. I felt violently sick. I thought, what excuse can I make? I was like, Ollie, come on, get a grip of yourself. Come on, you can do this. Your clients do this with you in the gym. I can do this with my fear of water. So I eventually rock up. Oh, and it was the worst experience of my life. My absolute worst experience of my life. Learning to swim has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, right? The worst, the scariest, the most embarrassing. The humiliation, right? Let's just tap into humiliation for a second, okay? So, <laughs> oh God, I literally cringe revisiting this horrible memory, right? I am, just, just sympathize for a second. Imagine me in a swimming pool in the shallow end with a bunch of two to three year olds who are literally swimming better than I am. 
there I am, flapping like a drowning duck, right, in the shallow end, absolutely dying of embarrassment because, <laughs> like, I remember, what, like, the first lesson, I, like, I met my swimming instructor, I met my swimming instructor, Steve, and I was like, right, you know, we're just going to probably dip our toe in, just, you know, get a feel for the water. Oh, no. Like, I was up to, like, head height in the water, and I'm flapping around. Like, no armbands allowed at this point. Flapping around, the two and three-year-olds are swimming lengths, and I'm like, oh, God, kill me that now. I then look up, and at each corner of the room, there are the lifeguards, the really, really attractive lifeguards, who can resuscitate me at any point, by the way. Um, and I'm like, oh, God, they're radioing each other. They're, they're, they're clearly talking about me. And this isn't like the gym. No, 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 they were clearly talking about me. I was in the red zone. This kid was about to drown. <laughs> and they're communicating with each other. So I'm like, oh God, my humiliation is at an all-time high right now. Oh, can I get any worse than this? Well, yes, it could have got worse if I actually drowned. Obviously, I'm recording this podcast. I didn't drown, so it didn't get worse than that. But guys, learning to swim, oh my God, was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. The most scariest thing, the most humiliating thing. It was absolutely awful, absolutely awful, right? And for the next three months, it was absolutely awful. But after sort of about <laughs> three months in, it started to get a little bit easier. And not just because I wasn't drowning on every failed attempt of learning to swim a length, but actually every time I rocked up to the swimming pool, I got to know Steve a little bit more, my swimming instructor, I got to know the, the lifeguards and I just tried to not make eye contact at this point. But every time I rocked up to the swimming room, put my swimming trunks on, it got a little bit easier, right? Familiarity builds and breeds confidence. Every time, like that first moment you walk through the gym doors, oh God, oh, you're gonna be petrified. Absolutely horrendous. Walking through the gym, oh my God, you feel like you're the elephant in the room, right? Three months in, it's like a second home to you. That's amazing, right? Take dating, right? Asking that girl or guy out for the first time is gonna be bloody horrendous. But if you've done it a hundred times and if you've been on a hundred horrendous dates where you've been rejected on every one, it gets a little bit easier. Familiarity builds confidence. Just to conclude the story of my swimming, swimming experience, shall we say. I eventually did learn to swim and it took about six months uh, until I did my first length. Just for a second, comprehend that it took six months to do one length. So the next time that you're moaning that it's taking you forever to lose three or four pounds, maybe your first stone, right? It took me six months to swim 25 meters. Yes, I was that shit at swimming, <laughs> okay? Um, so, so that's number one. Number two is experience, right? Yes, aside from familiarity, your experience, you know, holds merit, right? Again, the reason why I can walk into any gym, and I always get the initial butterflies because it's, it is quite daunting. Certainly when you're in an egotistical, testosterone-filled room, right? But the reason why after five minutes of just getting warmed up, I'm like, cool, I'm back into my zone here, is because of experience, right? And that experience has real merit behind it. Again, right? One of my ambitions and aims um, this year, obviously, has been slightly sidetracked because of the coronavirus, is to start public speaking. 
I did one of my first gigs in January to an audience of 50 people. Oh, and it was horrendous. Uh, cotton mouth, palm sweating, forgot everything I was gonna say, and that was that. But it was an experience. And I know that each time I practice and gradually get better at public speaking, I'm gonna enjoy it more and my confidence is gonna improve. So guys, throw yourself in the metaphorical deep end and get better at it. Because you're literally either gonna sink or swim. And if you sink, then you're gonna float, for, you know, you're gonna paddle like for your life or someone's gonna resuscitate you, right? But anyway, you get my point, experience is key. Number three is taking action, right? Action breeds and breeds, builds confidence, right? I'm actually gonna give a shout out to one of my academy students, Leona, for this part. So Leona is, so Leona's been stuck with me for the last three years. And I say stuck with me, I think I've been trying to get rid of her for three years now. But anyway, um, Leona came to me three years ago to get in the best shape of her life. She lost three stone, did a photo shoot, got in phenomenal shape, right? And has since somehow stayed with me, right? Or I've somehow stayed with her. But the point is this, Leona now, three years later, is in a position where she's decided to pursue her passion, that is personal training. Obviously coming from her background of the transformation to her confidence, the transformation to her body composition, it's given her a new lease of life. So much so that she came to the discovery that actually her job in banking, which she's at a high level at by the way, and after many years of being in banking, wasn't her dream job after all. Going down the route of fitness and, and leading to personal training was. So obviously as someone who has 10 years of experience in the coaching game, I have taken on the mentoring role of helping the owner become the best version of herself in the PT world, right? And it's an honorable position to be in and I'm absolutely loving seeing the progression and growth of Leona every single week that I work with her as part of the academy. And one of the things that I've got Leona to do is to start posting daily stories on, on, on Instagram, right? And I'm not only about just putting up a picture, I mean face-to-face -face talking to the camera. For a lot of people, oh God, that's their worst nightmare, right? And here's the irony. You may very well follow me on Instagram. You may very well tune into my stories and go, Jesus, Ollie's confident on the camera, right? But I'm gonna tell you now, go back to my earliest days on YouTube, right? When I started filming content to begin with, as early as 2014, by the way, right? Over six years ago. Oh God, I'm not only cringing at my hair, my eyebrows, but also my uh, content creation skills. I was like a lemon in the room. I was dreadful at speaking at the camera, at creating content and getting my message across, at telling the story, whatever it is, right? Oh, but only six years later have I now got semi-good at it, right? Again, that goes back to experience. So now what I'm getting Leona to do is post a story every single day on her Instagram to build her confidence. And what I'm proud of her at is she's been taking action every single day. Check her out, Leona MKJ, or something like that. Follow me on Instagram, go on my followers, give her a follow. She's gonna be an amazing PT one day, that I promise you. So that's the third thing we can, third way we can bulletproof our confidence with. Take action, right? <laughs> Take action. Number four, and this relates in 
very well to all of these so far, is doing the scary and the hard thing. As you know, on the other side of fear is growth. And growth lives outside of the comfort zone. Guys, what we need to do, and this is powerful, is you need to look at where you are today and where you want to be. And then you need to go, right, where do I need to step out of and into to get that result? What I'm referring to there is if someone wants to lose weight and joining the gym is out of their comfort zone, then that is the exact place that you need to step into is joining the gym, right? Doing the scary thing is often the right thing to do. And one of my daily sort of mottos is do something that scares you every single day. So let me give you an example. Let's go back to when I learned to drive, right? I'm sure you, like me, remember your driving lesson days. And I'm sure it was eventful to say the least, okay? It was scary, that's for sure. On a side note, let me give you a funny story. So every driving lesson that I had, I would have to take a shower after because I would sweat that profusely during the driving lesson, right? Yeah, I remember my driving lesson days, right? It was scary, it was the hard thing. So, sorry, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to my driving instructor. I probably, you probably had to valet your car and all of that after every time, okay? So, here's the thing. One month in, three months in, right? To this day where I've been driving for, oh God, years now. I don't even sweat. <laughs> sorry, that shouldn't be the thing. I don't even get scared or worried or anxious every time I step behind the wheel now right but rewind to all those years ago oh god i was like oh god. don't crash don't crash don't crash oh god close my eyes right it was scary doing the scary thing builds your confidence and steps into growth but you have to go for that hard thing first in order to make the progression right like like you can't just skip the queue you have to go through hell sometimes in order to grow from it, whether it's still in the gym, whether it's the driving lesson, it doesn't matter, it's the same principle, right? Doing the scary thing is often the right thing to do, and my encouragement to you is to do something which scares you every single day, because if you do, then you're gonna get 1% better, and by the end of the year, that's 365% better. I think that's pretty good. Number five, and probably the biggest way to bulletproof in your confidence, lies in seeing results, right? Going back to the driving lessons. Oh, so when I didn't nearly kill someone every time I stepped foot behind the steering wheel, my confidence grew. Every time I went to the swimming pool, my confidence grew just a little bit. Every time that you go to the gym, your confidence will grow just a little bit, right? And then when you see results, when I passed my driving test, when I did my first swimming length, and when I got in the best shape of my life, then your confidence skyrockets, right? So sometimes here's what you have to do. You know where you wanna be. And if it means enough to you, going back to your purpose, you will do anything to get there. Sometimes you have to foresee the end result and then just go through hell, i.e. the scary stuff, in order to get there. It's hard and it's gonna be challenging. But if the results mean that much to you, 
then you'll do it. And here's the thing, think of the weight loss example, right? You wanna lose three stone, amazing. It's achievable and I believe you can do it. Well, that first milestone may be that first pound, then it may be six pounds, then it may be your first stone. So although you know, you're at, at one stone mark, you're still petrified at the gym and people judging you, you're now seeing results. And that's now motivating you. And that's now become the instigator to keep going on this journey. Same with me in the swimming, same with me in the driving lessons. You can start to see now how actually all of these five things go a long way into building and bulletproofing your confidence. Those five things, familiarity, experience, action, doing the scary and the hard thing, and seeing results and progress are five ways that I believe you can build and bulletproof your confidence. I think that's a nice way to bring an end to the show, but I wanna leave you with this. You, as you guys know, my thing in life, my philosophy is maximizing your time. We only get one life and my biggest fear in life isn't failure. I'm okay with failing. My biggest fear in life is regret. I can get to the end of my life one day and say, do you know what, I failed, but I gave it my best shot. What I cannot do categorically is I cannot get to the end of my, my days, laying on my deathbed one day and say those two words I regret. I just can't do it, right? Do not, and please do not let confidence stemming from your status hold you back from achieving your goals and living a healthier and happier life. It is sure better to try and fail than to never try it at all and to get to the end of your days and say, I regret. Guys, it's been a pleasure delivering this episode. Please, if you got any value out of it, please leave me a review. It means so much to me. And second of all, be sure to subscribe. These episodes are coming out every single week and it, the aim is to give value. Yes, the aim is to change your mindset. Yes, but the real aim is to allow you to live a healthier and happier life. Finally, if you haven't already, after this episode, be sure to check out the seven day mindset course. Like I said, it's free for a limited time um, and I'd absolutely love to have you on the course. It's a great course, the feedback has been phenomenal and it's changing lives, which is what I'm all about. Guys, until next time, stay healthy and be happy. Take care.